Hello and welcome to Somos Padres, a podcast dedicated to the constant development of our parenting and ourselves. We are your hosts, Paulo and Yesenia. Thanks for joining us as we share our parenting experiences rooted within the context of our own life journey. In that spirit, we will also be sharing parenting information and the stories of madres and padres out there who have embraced their own personal evolution as the greatest gift of parenthood. Here we go. Hi, everybody. Today on the show, we have Ama. She is a single mother raising her two beautiful daughters in Los Angeles. She works full time and spends any of her available free time volunteering at Agape International Spiritual Center and collaborating and partnering with Susie Lula, a well-respected spiritual counselor. As you will hear, Ama's journey is one of incredible resilience and constant evolution. I am so grateful to Ama for doing this interview because she literally knew nothing about me or the podcast when she agreed to do it. She just did it because she wanted to share her wisdom. So without further ado, here is our interview with Ama. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome, Ama. Say hi. Hi. Oh, my goodness. I am incredibly excited to have you. People will not know this until we tell them right now, but this interview is one year in the making. Wow. Yes, that's true. That is very true. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> but that's how the universe kind of works, right? Yes. Um, things happen when they're meant to happen. And I met you um, a year ago at Evolve 2017. And you had just been on stage telling your story, your journey in motherhood and in working with Susie. Susie Lula. Susie Lula. I was like, I'm going to say her name wrong. Um, and when I saw you on stage, you were the only Latina up there. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, she's our people. <laughs> and, you know, like I immediately connected with what you were saying. Mm. Um, and I told Paula, I was like, we should totally have her on the podcast. And I went up to you and I got your contact information. And then it didn't happen. <laughs> you know, I dropped the ball and I lost my little notebook that I was taking oh. notes on for a little while. And then I found it again. It w that little notebook would pop in and out of my life. Um, and in any case, I went to Evolve this year and I saw you and I was like, okay, I'm going to get her number. I'm going to schedule a date. This must happen. Yes. And here we are. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited too. So... Let's just jump right into it. Okay. Um, I always like to start with asking you to share a little bit about how you were raised to give a context to, you know, to the journey for your motherhood. I think our journey of motherhood starts with how we were, how we were raised. So whatever you think is important for us to know about how you were raised. Well, I was raised, I guess, as many um, many Latinas, Latinos from an immigrant family. Mm -hmm. And immigrants' family, um, my mother's family is from Guadalajara. Okay. 
Okay. They were running away from poverty. Yeah. They were literally living on the streets. Okay. And my grandfather had abandoned them. Mm-hmm. And my mother was the oldest. My mom was about 13 years old. And at that age... Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> it's okay. Crying is allowed. Okay, thank you. You know, at that age, she had the courage to be strong for her mother and her four um, siblings and said, we're going to Tijuana because I'm going to cross the border and I'm going to support all of you. Wow. So that's the, the type of woman my mother is. She is mm-hmm. a hero. I adore. She wrote. She, yes. So um, she, they did that. They came to Tijuana as soon as my mom was able to. She crossed the border, started working. Now, as many families that are in that situation, the whole mentality is to survive. Yeah. And then she met my father. My father, of course, had had a similar experience. He had come from um, Ensenada. His siblings were out here. So again, survival mode. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're on survival mode, it's really not um, very favorable to spiritual development or <laughs> right. to human development. It's really yeah. just survival mode. It so is, they did their lives the best they could with minimal education. Um, their family structures were also very um, challenged, mm-hmm. I would say. So when they came together um, to have me, of course, they weren't expecting me. And, you know, my father was involved in another relationship and my mom was trying to send money to her family. So it was, I was kind of like an accident, but more like a byproduct, like mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Having a baby? <laughs> it, and, it's, and it's something so interesting that I even observe in, in a lot of um, Hispanic people today that it's not, it's kind of like they're not paying attention. It's like, please, really, you're having a child. You're bringing yeah. a human life into the world. So, yeah. you know, again, my, my whole family, my cousins and relatives, it's, you know, we multiplied mm-hmm. so quickly. And all of a sudden, it's just all of these family, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, so their lifestyle was very much about survival, very nomadic. You know, we lived, sometimes we stayed in Tijuana, sometimes LA, sometimes San Diego. Um, I have family up in, um, what's that name of that little town? Galt, okay. up by San Francisco. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I have two older half-sisters. So it was very erratic. It was very gypsy-like. So Did your parents not stay together? Then? Back and forth. Okay. Back and forth. And God bless them. They did the best they could. Yeah. They're good people mm-hmm. going through their own individual challenges. But all, all of this to say that my household was not a stable one. My childhood was not um, one that you can think back and say, oh, I had such a beautiful childhood and mm-hmm. had a great relationship with mom and a great relationship with dad. I didn't see them much. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they stayed were working. With, they were working or going through their things. So it was a very challenging um, childhood yeah. to to. to um, to make it short. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you kind of hit on the the spiritual journey, right? And um, can you talk about your spiritual journey? Wow. <laughs> my paternal... And then we're going to get to motherhood. Okay, then we'll get to motherhood. <laughs> yes. Well, my paternal grandmother was a spiritualist. Uh-huh. And a spiritualist is... Um, she would hold masses mm-hmm. and hold meditations 
and connect with spirits. In Guadalajara? Um, no, in Tijuana. In Tijuana. In okay. Tijuana. This is my paternal grandmother, oh, my abuelita okay. Herminia. Okay. And she did not know how to read and write. Mm -hmm. So she was a very humble woman that the wisdom that she had, she had from, I know now, I can appreciate that now mm -hmm. from a spiritual connection that she had because she was a healer also. Mm -hmm. She would heal people. She never charged. She lived a very simple, humble life. Um, I remember when I was five years old, I remember going into um, her little um, church, I guess, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a church. It was just like a, a, a meditation room. Mm -hmm. And she had the altar and the seven rays and the seven colors and uh, the third eye at the, at the top and candles and flowers. Yeah. And she always told me, you never need to be afraid. You are always protected and guided mm -hmm. by your spiritual brothers and sisters. Wow. So no matter whatever happens in your life, you are mm -hmm. always protected. She would always, she was so loving and gentle. Yeah. Um, so that was her. And then on my maternal uh, grandmother, like my, my mom, mom's family, mm -hmm. they were very Catholic. But what I found is that they were very Catholic, but it was very fear driven. Right. So, for example, because my mom had had all of us basically mm -hmm. out of wedlock. She never married through the laws of the church. It was so I remember going to church and my grandmother whispering to her comadre, no, um, pues no, no, es que no se casó Alicia por la iglesia. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, it's pecado mortal. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's it, you're doomed. Like yeah. there's no way. And I would be thinking to myself, then why do we come here? If I'm <laughs> what's doomed, <the> point? <laughs> what's the point of coming here? No matter what I do, yeah. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm doomed. I'm doomed. And then I remember going to catechism and asking, uh, I have a question, you know, <laughs> if God is everywhere, how come, how could Adam and Eve hide from God? Mm -hmm. You know, because that was the very first, right? In the beginning, there is God and there's Adam and Eve. And, and it didn't make any sense. I found a lot of contradictions and I had a very hard time with the whole um, baptism and going to hell and the whole, like uh, the, that part of it to me just did not ring true and I wasn't trying to be a bad child I was really truly questioning mm -hmm. the logic behind it mm -hmm. and of course God bless my my beautiful um, catechism teachers they were doing the best they could <laughs> yes. so they would just say shut up and go to the back of the room and just let me teach <laughs> I'm, I have all these children that are not asking any questions just memorize your prayers yes so I went to my mom <clears throat> I remember at 11 and I said you know what mom I don't think I want to be Catholic and I remember my mom was so um, angry. Wow. Just a lot of anger. And, and now I understand yeah. that she felt ashamed. She felt yeah. embarrassed because A, she didn't marry. Right. She wasn't like living that. the Catholic way. And to top it off, this 11-year-old child comes to her and says, I don't want to be Catholic. Right. So are you serious? You're dooming us yes. for... For sure. Yes, for sure. We are shamed, you know, the scarlet letter on our foreheads. So I remember being I punished. Um, you know, I got my, me dieron mis cintarazos. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole blessing, the whole, yeah. whole ritual. And then I just, I, I remember thinking to myself, one day I will be 18 and I will just run mm -hmm. out of this craziness because mm -hmm. 
And, and I was not allowed to go anywhere or do anything that mm-hmm. was not the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like being home. So I got into, I learned how to play guitar. I was in the youth choir. I was in the older people choir. I was in the kids choir. I would be in every play, every activity. Yes, in the you did not want to be home. Because I did not <laughs> want to be home. But I was not really crazy about the the going deep into the Catholicism because it felt really, um, really shallow to me. Mm-hmm. Yet I was there. Yeah. Yet, did you finish catechism? I did, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know... It, you went through the motions. I went through the motions, yes. Yeah. I, I did what I had to do. So that was my experience. And I always, I always wanted to know more. I, when I was about around 11, I mm-hmm. think... Um, I'm gonna, something else was going on here. I wanted to do, um, I think they call it astral voyaging. And I had an uncle that was a very um, mystic oriented and he introduced me to a lot of authors like Lopsang Rampa, very old, old Mm -hmm. time from Spain. And they would talk about, you know, this having this big black mirror and looking into it and feeling your um, your spirit unfold from your physical body and then going off into time. I mean, it was just to me, mm-hmm. it was like, ooh, that's for me. That's my that's, jam. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> this is something I want to do. But of course, having all this um all of the, the, the misbeliefs mm-hmm. that, that I was surrounded by, and I, and I will call them straight up misbeliefs because mm-hmm. that's all they are, then it was re- really difficult for me to be in alignment to that and stay loyal to that. So I would mm-hmm. kind of go back and forth yeah. in terms of spirituality. Wow. Too. So then what happened when you turned 18? Um, I went to college, mm-hmm. which was almost like betraying my whole family because they did not want me to go to college. How dare you leave the family? How dare you betray our ways? And they they just couldn't understand. So in college, um, my teachers, God bless them, my high school teachers just really encouraged me and really looked out for me in that way, made sure that I went to college, made sure that I took advantage of every financial opportunity to pay for college. And I'm really grateful that I did that Mm -hmm. because it really opened a lot of doors for me. Mm -hmm. But at that time... um, I was really thinking on survival mode. Yeah. And I was really thinking, because I remember my, um, originally my major was journalism. And that was one of, the, one of the things that I was very driven by when I was in high school. I was writing, I was doing writing contests. Mm. We started a, a newspaper, a high school newspaper called La Voz Azteca. Mira. And we, <laughs> we wanted to like revolutionize yes. all of San Diego. We just, oh. <laughs> we wanted, so you were living in San Diego? Then? We were living in San Diego. Um, but I did a majoring in business because I didn't want to be poor. So <laughs> everybody told me you're going to starving writer. Yes, starving writer. And I mean, it didn't turn out so bad. Yeah. Um, but that's what I did. But but anyways, I'm majoring in business and then working in in that field. I bumped through a through a boss. Um, he introduced me to the Landmark Forum mm-hmm. here in LA. And the Landmark Forum is not a a, a spiritual platform per se but it absolutely offers a different way of seeing things it offers you a different way of approaching your life mm-hmm. your thoughts etc so that was my my first formal introduction so i was so crazy about the landmark forum i did all three modules and i was 
you know, a young, um, what do you call it, a yuppie, <laughs> like a young, ambitious yuppie. And then I met um, a shaman mm -hmm. from Chile, and he introduced me to another world, a whole other level of spirituality mm -hmm. that I absolutely fell in love with. Um, I left my job here, I left my world, I left wow. my life, and I said, I am going to South America to follow this shaman and mm -hmm. Of course, my family thought I once more. Oh, I shamed on. them again yes. by <laughs> abandoning uh, our traditional values, and so so yeah. You embarked on on the shaman. I embarked chapter. on a shamanic path, and okay. so I did that for many years. Wow, wow, which is awesome. So at what? So tell me about becoming a mom. So becoming a mom. I, I was in my 30s, so I really, honestly, wholeheartedly, I really wasn't thinking, oh, I want to meet a guy and get married and live happily. I really just did, was not there. I was doing firewalking, sweat lodges, and wow. just enjoying that life. And I took a break because it, I, was, um, I was working in the business side mm -hmm. of, of, the, of the tribe, basically. Mm -hmm. And I Here would, or in? No, in South America. In South America. I would come and visit every now and then, and then I would be... Go back. Go back. So I said, I need a break, and a group of people were going to England, and they all had fake passports. Can I say that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we all got fake Italian passports, and we went to England to mm -hmm. travel and to work, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's what we did. So amongst that group, um, the father of my baby says, that's where I met him. Um, I get pregnant. And of course, the laws in, in England are so difficult. Really? The immigration. Yes, because unless I had a British um, citizenship, they wouldn't give my daughter citizenship. Unless I could prove residency in the United States. I had a citizenship, but I didn't have residency because I hadn't lived here. Right. So my, my child would not be a U.S. citizen. I mean, wow. It was really, really complicated. So I came back running to the States. To have my baby and that's how i had my baby <laughs> my first child wow were you by yourself um at that time here or no my family was here and their the dad he uh -huh. he said okay well let's give it a shot and yeah, you know yeah. we'll we'll try this family thing and mm -hmm. um ended up having two i had my second one almost a year after wow. um, the oldest one was born so it was they came really one after the other mm -hmm. And it was amazing, beautiful. I love my, my, my girls. But the one thing that I found myself, um, and I even started a practice, you know, come to now that I'm remembering, I, I started because I was a breath worker. Um, I read tarot cards, mm -hmm. you know, I do different types of readings. I had clients, and, and I found myself having the hardest time mm -hmm. in, with my babies. Yeah. And very specifically, in there was so much anger coming up in me, and yeah. I wasn't sure where it was coming from or, or what. So I thought, well, maybe I'm overwhelmed. I'm too tired. You know, I had the babies, and I have this husband, and and so the the husband um, Mexican mm -hmm. uh, would would say, well, that's your role. It's your role to clean and. 
I think if I'm confronted with that now, I, I handle it very differently. But back mm -hmm. then, being a new mom, finding myself with all of these unfelt um, emotions, I didn't know what to do. So I, I would have nervous breakdown after nervous breakdown after nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. So finally, I, I, I felt, you know, this is not helping my babies. If ultimately I'm here to, to not to, to bring life, it's like life happened through me mm -hmm. when these babies were born, but it is my responsibility to be that mentor, that guide mm -hmm. for these young beings. They're so pure and so vulnerable. It's my responsibility. So um, the marriage didn't work out and I decided to just keep my babies and I decided to look for help. Mm -hmm. because no shamanic ritual could help me. <laughs> no crystal, no tarot nothing, reading. no tarot readings. No breathwork sessions. No breathwork sessions, nothing. No. Yeah. Uh, and I love, you know, I, and I have a huge respect for all kinds of practices, Reiki and, you know, energy healing, and they have all kinds of, of energy healings now. They're beautiful and amazing and wonderful, but what I do know is that in that moment back then, I had nothing. It felt that I had nothing. And that's how I ended up at another spiritual center here in LA uh, that was founded by Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. Mm -hmm. And I remember just going to, because it, it's, it's a big organiz organization and it's very family oriented. So when I would go, I was still, you know, I still had two car seats because mm -hmm. my babies were like three and two. Mm. And there was always help for me. I was never asked to leave. I was never asked, you know, to make sure you're, you watch your kids because I felt that shame, right? So now I'm walking with that same shame that I had experienced. When you went to church. Yes. It's yeah. like, okay, so, you know, here comes this lady with the babies. They're going to start crying. No and, man. And no man, yeah. you know, what does she do to <laughs> mm -hmm. run him away? So everyone was very open, very welcoming. And... Um, little by little, I started um, taking one class, taking another class. And one of the people that I met that I really, really uh, resonated with was uh, Susie Lula. She's a yeah. practitioner there. And really, that is what um, I know to this day, working with her, the techniques that she offers, the, the depth of just her presence I feel is really what has made a world of a difference in for, for me yeah. in teaching me how to be this mom that I want to be for my daughters. And I don't want to. Um, I kind of like want to go back to that feeling in that moment, you know, because I think it's so impactful and what really um, just sparked my interest in talking to you is how we do have these practices. We have these. Um, it's like this, there's a spiritual realm mm -hmm. and then there's the reality of life and how sometimes, like you said, I, here I have my crying babies, I have this anger and there's, I feel like there's nothing in this moment that, that's gonna help me. that is going to take that away or that's going to help me see, like help me about how I'm going to make it through this moment, mm -hmm. you know? And um, I thought that was so powerful and so true. Um, 
about how, I don't know, we have to, it's almost like peel away. You know, you have to start peeling away where is this coming from and no ritual is going to get you that, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like to help you like, where is that anger coming from and what are the things that I still need to work on? Well, there are rituals. It's just that it's not the traditional rituals and I had not found those rituals, Mm. but there are rituals. Okay. But see, the default is to do what? To react. Yeah. And that's what my family members would encourage me. Well, tú eres la mamá. Yeah. Dile, enséñale. And I was like, she's two years old. <laughs> she is two years old. Her brain is not fully developed. Yeah. How is she going to understand that if I raise my voice and I instill my fear onto her, how is that going to help her? Mm-hmm. And then the response was, pues así es. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And then you just, that's, that's how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I refused to do it. I was so uh, stubborn. I, as a, well, you had a lifetime of practice <laughs> of challenging. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's what's so cool about you. Like from the mm, beginning, thank you. you were challenging these ideas, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not surprised at all <laughs> that you were like, uh, no, that doesn't make sense to me. No, it didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It didn't make sense, and I, but I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I felt helpless and powerless and, you know, breakdown after breakdown. And then you're after... Like the motherhood, break- you're supposed to, you know... Yes. It's supposed to be natural. And then I felt so ashamed, right? Because mm-hmm. I had had this beautiful spiritual path of meditation and being in nature. And so all that went out the window. Mm-hmm. And I felt, you know, then was it fake? You know, was uh, I just pretending? Was I, you know, was that real? Were you, were you cruising? Were you not pushing yourself? Were I, you not I was just quest- quest- yeah. Yeah, questioning you're cost- myself. You're questioning like, man, was I really not honest with what I was experiencing? Or yes. What did I miss? Or, or maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I'm defective. Maybe I'm just too broken, too <laughs> defective that I can't figure this out. Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt... And, and even now, I think the most beautiful part of my spiritual practice now is connecting with individuals like Susie. I've met a lot of incredible women such as herself <laughs> that are so willing to be vulnerable and to say, I don't get it. <laughs> kind of like the, that story, that fable, um, the king is naked. Yeah. It's like, why are you pretending that you're so happy and life is great and you have meltdown after meltdown with your kid? Mm-hmm. And you want to pretend you have a beautiful home and, and you're the perfect mom and everything on the outside yeah. looks so nice and shiny and there's no connection with your child. Your child runs from you. Mm-hmm. And I just felt so um, out of integrity if, yes. if I would have done that to, to my babies. I think this is, a, this is a great spot for us to take a little break. Yes. And when we get back, I want to dive into your experience with Susie and what she taught you and your greatest takeaways. Okay. Okay. Hi guys. I hope you are enjoying this episode with Ama. Believe me when I tell you that it is about to get even better. You know, it's crazy to think that 2018 is almost over and whether you're a new listener or whether you've been listening to us from the beginning, Paolo and I just wanted to 
say thank you. We have complete gratitude and we do not take it for granted that you spend some of your precious time listening to this podcast because you believe just like we do that parenting is one of the most important things we will ever do in our lives. In the spirit of giving that comes with the holiday season, we are asking that if you are so inclined, if our podcast has made a positive impact on your life and you feel like gifting us something, would you please head on over to iTunes or Stitcher or any of the platforms that you listen to us on and please leave a review. If you've already done that, or if you'd like in addition to that, please share our podcast with your friends and family. We would really appreciate your support to help us spread this message. All right, back to the interview. And we're back. Yay. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay. I am so excited because now I really want to hear, I'm all intrigued about your experience with Susie. So, you know, just break it down. How did, how did Susie change your life? Well, to begin with, the first time that I met her, mm-hmm. I really was not excited to meet her because <laughs> right. she was like this white lady. She's mm-hmm. totally white. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's beautiful. She's adorable. But I, my judgment. And then when she dressed all in white. Oh, and then she dresses, you see this dress all in white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But my judgment was that she's not going to understand me. Like I really, really thought, so I was going to Agape, going through classes. I was going through the practitioner training and I, my, 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 the way that I was handling myself with my daughters did improve, mm-hmm. but there was still issues, you know, there was still unresolved um, issues of me feeling um, powerless, feeling angry and having outbursts with, with the girls. And I heard her speak um, on a Sunday. She, she did a workshop. And I thought the workshop was on abundance, mm-hmm. like how to make more money, your relationship with abundance, da, 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 da. It ended up being a workshop for practitioners mm-hmm. to expand their practice. And I was not a practitioner yet. And she said, you know what? Go ahead and stay. And I said, fine, I'm already here. I'll just stay. But the moment I sat down, I started to cry and cry mm-hmm. and cry. And I did not know why. And she was so loving, so gentle. And she says, oh, I so understand you. It's okay. You just let yourself cry. Here's a tissue box. And she just went off, you know, and she did her workshop. And then at the end, um, she really connected with me. And I, I felt my heart open mm-hmm. with her, really. And then I had won a raffle with one of her sessions for one of her sessions Nina. so i felt okay this is divine destiny yes, right meant to be meant to be so i went to her and and i and i only went to her because i had that raffle mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then i did feel a connection but i really wasn't feeling like oh i really want to work with this woman i really yeah. want her to help me because it really felt to me that no one could help me i really felt a part of me um that was so broken that i was so ashamed of that I really wanted to keep hidden. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to go just a little bit. You know, I'm just going to go for this one little taste, this yeah. one little session. A so, ver, ¿qué me dice? Ándale, así. Ah, pues a ver, ¿qué me dice? Al cabo, me gané la rifa. Voy un ratito. Let's see what she says. Yes. So there I am. And, of course, the session was amazing. It was a beautiful session. She's an amazing practitioner. Walked out of there crying, just crying, crying, crying. But what does she do? What's her practice? Her practice is really she 
takes you to connect with the emotion. Okay. So my mode up until that time was really about how to manage my emotion, mm-hmm. how to um, keep it kind of in control. Yeah, how to how control to, it. How to control it. I really had not in, oh, so stubborn, but I had heard this whole thing on emotional intelligence, like when mm-hmm. I was going to college. You know, emotional intelligence is the big thing, and I was like, ah, I don't need that. Of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so blindsided to it. And so her me- method is really to, oh, let's go to that emotion. Let's connect with that emotion. And, and of course, immediately my fear, my, you know, my emotion was, was up. I was in emotional reactivity. So then, but the, and so, so that's what we did. We connected with, with my emotion. I think I cried for half the session and then that was the session. <laughs> And then I went home and then, and then I did my homework, my assignment. So she said, every day, every time that you feel that emotional reactivity come up, what I want you to do, and that she's very um, precise. She's very methodical. What I want you to do is to drop everything and journal what you are feeling. I want you to dump it on a journal. Don't run from it. Don't hide it. Don't judge it. Don't even think about it. Just give yourself the opportunity to write it. Okay. And I was so desperate, Jasenia, because I remember even now, it's very stressful to come home. I mm-hmm. love my girls. Yeah. But I don't know if you, if you connect with that. It's like, I'm getting out of work, driving, the yeah. traffic, mm-hmm. the kids are hungry. and Homework. Then homework. And, oh, mom, you got to sign this. You got to yes. do that. Mom, let me tell you what happened. And everything at the same time. Yes. And all I felt was, let me breathe. Mm-hmm. I just need to breathe. Yeah. But back then, I would hold it in. I would suppress put away it. my suppress my emotion to have that evening with my girls. And when I had that assignment, I remembered. I said, "Well, I have an assignment, and I feel something's coming up." So I said, "Okay, girls, you know, pizza." And mommy needs a moment because that, that's another thing that she gave me. She gave me a language mm-hmm. on how to explain to my children who back then were five and six what mom was going through mommy needs a moment mommy's having big feelings Mm -hmm. i need to step aside and process my emotions so of course in the beginning they were like huh okay (laughs) what does that mean yeah it's like okay (laughs) Okay. fine whatever now they understand yeah now my girls are um, 11 and 13 Um, but back then so i did that one night and all i did was like cry for two hours Literally, I did not figure anything out. All I did was cry. All I did was dump my emotions and allow myself to feel. And then day number two, I did the same thing. Day number three, I did the same thing. I think I did this for like five or six months, Monday through Friday. Because at five o'clock when I would, 5.30, that I would pick them up from their after school program. Mm -hmm. It was that intense for me. And then I said, I have to do this. It, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. It made no logic per se. But what I can tell you is that my feeling, uh, my emotional reactivity on a 1 to 10 scale, which would have been a 10, started going down to mm-hmm. 9, 8, 7, to like a 5 or a 4. And I think that was the major shift is that, is that why you kept going? Because I can imagine for myself, I think sometimes I feel like, 
you want quick fixes. You want like, why, why am I not done crying yet? Yes. Why isn't this over? This isn't working. Yes. Quote unquote. Because it's not quick. Because it's not quick. I don't see quick. results now. Well, I felt I had nowhere else to go. I had seen psychiatrists. I had seen psychologists before when, when we first went through divorcing their mm -hmm. dad. And I, no one ever really gave me anything tangible. Mm -hmm. But Susie gave me something tangible. And in addition to that, she gave me the words to use with my daughters. And then how to walk them through their emotions. Mm -hmm. And I remember one thing, oh, and it's coming, it just came to me right now. We were in the middle of a session and we were talking about an emotion of anger or resentment. Of course, all these emotions that this yeah. little immigrant little girl experienced, right? Mm -hmm. And so she said, oh, I want you to tell that part of you, sweetheart, it's okay. And then I just started crying even more. And then she mm -hmm. says, well, what's, what's happening? And I said... I don't ever remember as a child ever being called sweetheart. I don't have that memory. Maybe I was, maybe my parents, you know, did have that affection to me, but I don't remember any of the adults having mm -hmm. that tenderness, having that, oh, what's wrong? Tell me, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. and, you know, if my mother would have caught me crying, she'd have said, Cállate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't bother me, go to your room, <laughs> don't cry. Stop yeah, it. Yeah. Because, of course, now I understand she just would not know what to do. Yeah. So working with Susie really helped me really work with my, my child. Your the inner un, child. My inner child, my unhealed inner child, so that I could connect with my children. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the, the block, the filter, that I, I wasn't connecting with my daughters because they were bringing up these, this emotional material in me and I didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So I would, tr to not feel it, I would numb myself and make myself strong. Yeah. But I wasn't connecting because I wasn't feeling anything. You were just going through the motions. Okay, let's do homework, let's do this, let's do that bedtime, all right, Ciao, yes. bye. Yes, brush your do teeth. It again. <laughs> yes. And so they, the, they were feeling it. And you know, sitting with with my daughters in, in their moments of um, of feeling sad and, and feeling angry and just sitting with them and saying, you're angry, okay, I, I get it. And it's mm -hmm. okay to be angry. I'm gonna sit right here with you and I'm gonna allow you to be angry. I'm mm -hmm. not gonna ask you to fix it. I'm not gonna ask you to stop. I'm just gonna, and then, oh my God, that to me was like, because my default, the way that I was raised is, no, 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 that's uncomfortable, don't do that, mm -hmm. keep functioning, you know, stay in the doing, yeah. and we're not educated to, it's okay to, you're angry, fine, I'm going to sit here and be with you, I'm going to be, keep you company while you're angry, because it's so okay to be angry, yeah. and then I started doing that with them, and as I became, um, got educated, emotionally mm -hmm. educated, then I was able to emotionally educate them yeah. about their emotions. And That's so beautiful. It, it is beautiful. Now. Now. <laughs> now. Five years later. Yes. But in, in those moments, mm -hmm. uh, I really felt that I wanted to 
you know, darme de topes en la, mm -hmm. en la pared. Like, mm -hmm. no, this is, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, and, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of women that go through this and feel so alone and feel so powerless. And you love this child so, so much that you would give every drop of blood mm -hmm. in you for this baby. Yet, you don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, it's exact. And so all these fears come up. And what am I doing wrong? And I failed so miserably. So I find now that it's one of my most sacred um, practices mm -hmm. is to, to do that with my children, to do that with myself and um, the people that I get to be with, that I get to work with. Um, I love to work with Susie also, not only as um, I'm her client, mm -hmm. but also when she does events, when she does um, self-care circles or whatnot, mm -hmm. then I love, I'm passionate mm -hmm. about just being present with her. I told her, I said, I, I love carrying your boxes. I love <laughs> just bringing you water because really it's, it's made a world of a difference yeah. for me. Uh, do you have any like rituals, daily rituals, daily practices that you do to take care of yourself, to keep the practices well, going? Well, having a spiritual practice and raising children is very challenging. If you try to do a spiritual practice the, the way most people see a spiritual practice to be. So what I've done is I've incorporated in having a connection with my daughters, mm -hmm. um, my spiritual practice. So for example, at night, um, we do, um, we cuddle mm -hmm. and it's like our med meditation. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hold them both, sometimes by each by themselves. And then in, in my mind, I really bring back the baby mm -hmm. when they were babies. And then I just hold them and I say, Ay, mi chiquita preciosa, mm -hmm. um, te quiero, te amo, tan linda, mi muchachita. And they're so funny because they, they act like babies. Yeah. Like, ah. <laughs> they play the role for you. <laughs> yeah, they'll play the role. They, they're happy to play the role. And then, and then when we do go through our emotions, I know that that's my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So whereas before children, I could sit and meditate for hours mm -hmm. and, you know, go for long walks in nature. My spiritual practice now looks like um, my child comes home and she's she had a hard day and she doesn't want to do her homework. And so I ask, well, well what's wrong? I want to know. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to tell you. Yeah, I know you don't want to tell me. Well, when you're ready to talk about it, I want to hear. I want to hear. And yeah. then sitting through that and sometimes listening, listening to them um, about their big feelings and going mm -hmm. through the uncomfortableness of that because it's very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but it's so important to let them know that I'm available mm -hmm. for them and mm -hmm. to sit with them. And then I don't know, you probably go through this. Mm -hmm. Mom. Every two seconds, mom, <laughs> I'm trying to wash the dishes, mom, this, mm -hmm. I'm trying to do this, mom. And so when I come home, my world, my attention is really just for them. Mm -hmm. It's really just for them. I don't, I'm not texting. I'm not um, on Facebook. I don't do a lot of social media. Mm -hmm. I really intentionally dedicate my evenings just to give them that attention. But I never do without doing something for myself. Okay. So what I do for myself, for example, I like to jog 
Um, so I do take my 30, 40 minutes and I do tell them, mommy needs to go and do her practice. Mm-hmm. And when I come back, we'll have our special time together. We'll do whatever we need to do. But right now, I just need, need to do that. There's times that I have, because I still have emotional content. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I still have emotional content, right? So there's times that they tell me, Mom, don't you want to go jogging? <laughs> I think you need a jog, I Mom. I think you need to go out and jog or maybe <laughs> journal a little bit. <laughs> Why? Why, Why do you, you say that? Dump them. Yeah, see, that's what happens. You teach them and then they're like, hey. Yes, yes. But it's a beautiful thing because then I also, um, I get to be human. Mm -hmm. I'm human. Yeah. So just because I'm the the mom and and I can have these um, insights doesn't mean that I'm not going to be feeling things. I'm not going to be scared or I'm not going to be angry. Of course I'm going to feel it. But I know what to do with that now. Yeah. And your kids know what you need to do. And the kids know what I need to do about that. (laughs) Well, I just, I am so uh, humbled and appreciative. That's the word Mm. I was looking for. Um, Likewise, Jessenia. Really appreciative of you taking the time to allow us into your home and into your life and your story Mm. and you sharing, being so vulnerable and sharing something so sacred. I know how sacred your life is with your girls and and your story, everybody's story, you know. It takes a lot, I know, it takes a lot, you know, to, <laughs> to share. Um, so I'm just so appreciative of you doing this with me today. Thank you, thank you for coming all the way out here. I know, and I, I really appreciate you too, and your story as well, <laughs> which you. is pretty powerful. Um, I know that people are gonna get a lot from it. I think people are really gonna connect to a lot of what you said, I know I did. And I cannot wait to just um, see what you do next. I know you're <laughs> thinking about blogging and yes. um, and all these things, and I can't wait to hear about it and to share to share with people because you're a gem. Mm, thank you, you are a gem, and I know that you're you're on your path to help a lot of people too. Not just mm. Susie, you know. <laughs> um, Susie's like a mentor, but I know yes. you have a lot of sharing that and. Um, power and healing that you need to do you know thank to help you. others on their path so thank you so much thank you for coming out here and also for doing this this is so important i think you're so brave and how courageous are you to take thank this on you. and and really spread the word spread the message it's like mm-hmm. let's wake up <laughs> <laughs> well that's it guys we're out um We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed it and hope you're, you've gotten a lot of gems and let us know. Let us know on Instagram. Um, that's my favorite place for you guys to find me. Let me know. Um, let me know how you like this so that I can share it uh, with Ama. 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 Thank you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hi! If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and please leave a review. It is a super, super important in order to help spread the message. You can follow us, our parents on Instagram at iam.isenia at palomenchaka and at you can also subscribe to their newsletter on their website at somos-fathers.com. Gracias!